Welcome back to Between Two White Coats, a podcast designed to help you be the healthiest version of yourself. I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, a family medicine doctor. And I'm her co-host, Amber Foster, a family nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We're discussing key issues surrounding health and wellness, answering some of our biggest questions, overcoming health obstacles, and giving patient-centered advice in hopes of educating you and providing the tools you need to live a healthy life. If you find our podcast helpful, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will help other people find our podcast. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to serving you. Thank you for joining us today as we talk about a subject that Amber and I really have a lot of passion for, helping people lose weight. Uh, Weight loss is difficult. If anyone has ever tried to lose weight, they know that. Um, So we really want to dig into some of the topics related with weight loss. And today, the topic that we want to hit is prescription medications and weight loss. Um, and, uh, And really look at, do you need a prescription to lose weight? Should you have a prescription to lose weight? And so Amber, first, just right off the bat, is it right? Is it a good idea to take a prescription to lose weight? Well, that is a very in-depth question because it's so variable on the patient. And so um, when patients come in and like everyone hates our scale, I know they hate our scale. They're like, your scale's five pounds or 10 pounds off. Of course it is. But like that is a vital sign. Weight, you know, your weight and height gives us something called your your body mass index. And so that's something I look at as a provider. And so um, typically people know when they're overweight, like they feel uncomfortable, you know, they it might be the thing that they're embarrassed to talk about. So mm-hmm. I, I try to normalize that to say, hey, you've gained 10 pounds or you've gained 30 pounds or have you tried to lose weight? Um, so it's something I try to normalize when I see patients. So sometimes weight loss medications are not necessarily the answer for some people, but for others it is. And it's something that we treat a ton. Um, I am a huge prescriber of all of the weight loss medications for when it's appropriate for various right, individuals. Absolutely. I love so many things that you're saying first, it's about the person who's in front of us. And weight is an important vital sign. Mm -hmm. Just like if your blood pressure is high, there are negative consequences of that. We can tell you that down the road, if we ignore this high blood pressure, that there are things like heart failure that are going to come. Mm -hmm. Um, We can tell you if if we ignore morbid obesity, that there are negative consequences from that. It's going to impact you in so many other negative ways. Mm -hmm. And so we shouldn't sit and ignore that. It has to be a part of the conversation. But why is that harder to talk about than someone's high blood pressure? And I think part is because people will internalize that as their fault. Yeah. You know, no one really is like beating themselves up. I know I've been trying to get this blood pressure down by thinking healthy thoughts, but no, but they will, like, yeah. I know I'm, I'm so bad. I'm overweight and, and it's that makes me fault. bad. It's yeah. all my fault. I have, I have no ability self-control. to self-control. Yes. You hear all the things like I've tried and I've tried, I don't have any self-control or it's hard to lose weight or I've tried and then I get discouraged. Yes. And so I think one of the things about weight loss prescriptions, um, that is a reason that you and I will lean into them more than maybe other primary care or other doctors is because most people are alarmed and upset about their weight. And most people have tried the other things. And let's talk about what are the other things. They're not always healthy. Um, There's a lot of things that are not FDA regulated or approved where weight loss prescriptions are FDA regulated and approved. Um, that people are trying. There's a lot of diets out there that are 
horrible for people. <laughs> and, you know, something gets into social media and people see it on TikTok and then they're all going to do it. And it's horrible for mm-hmm. your health. And so this is a way for us to medically use tools that have been FDA approved and work with people on this yeah. journey. But it's also a way for us to say, we know that this is hard and we know that people need some extra tools. Yeah. And, and I know with our weight loss program here at the clinic, um, you know, when you're talking about the quick fix diets, like most often you're not having a medical professional sit with you because we would never tell you to do those things. Right. Um, and so when I have weight loss patients that see me monthly and we're talking about things like, what are they doing for exercise and what does their current regimen of food look like and you know what are their struggles and sometimes it's financial barriers and sometimes it's um, you know just lifestyle like they're busy with their kids and um, sometimes people have no idea how many calories they're eating um, they just have it's just not occurred to them that those are things that they need to look at and so sitting with someone that has a little bit of experience with that um, and accountability to come in and have yes. to get on my scale and me talk to you about your weight specifically and so we don't do a weight loss program that is is here's your prescription (laughs) see you back in a year good Good luck luck. (laughs) um we do weight loss programs that are first is a prescription appropriate for you or not and if it is appropriate then we're going to follow you but i also find that when we use these prescriptions and help people start trending in the right direction they will continue to come they don't get frustrated and give up they will keep meeting with us and we can continue to coach them on lifestyle change and recognizing how to live their best healthy life while they're seeing the pounds come off yeah um, you know, there's a couple of things that happen in obesity that I think we like to ignore, like that obesity is a chronic disease. Obesity is a chronic and progressive disease. And so if we have someone with a chronic and progressive disease like diabetes, we don't get real controversial controversial on whether they should get prescriptions or not. Um, a treatment for diabetes is lifestyle change. If you can decrease your carbohydrates and you can exercise more, then some people will get their sugar controlled. Mm -hmm. But we will frequently give them prescriptions to get their sugar controlled faster, and then we can pull those prescriptions back because their lifestyle can maintain a healthy sugar. I feel like weight loss is similar, that we can treat your obesity, your chronic progressive disease, and we can be aggressive with it and try to get your weight down by using the tools available to us and not withholding tools and making it a little harder on you. Um, And then as your weight gets down, we start to remove some of these things. So the question really becomes, well, if I go on a weight loss medicine, will I have to stay on it forever? Um, That's tricky. And once again, it depends a lot on the person in front of us. Um, There are a number of things that we need to know about obesity as a chronic and progressive disease. First of all, it changes our endocrine system. Fat cells secrete a lot of different hormones, and when we have more fat cells, it messes up those hormone levels. And so if we have changed your internal environment, some people are going to be able to go back to more of normal hormone levels, and some people will not. And so the people who do not are going to be more likely to gain their weight back. Obesity is also a genetic disease, and not for everyone, but for many people, there are over a thousand genes, many of which are in the brain, that affect our weight. And so if it's a genetic disease, then that person is less likely going to be able to maintain their weight without some sort of additional pharmaceutical or other interventions. Sometimes there are other things going on. 
Um, what are some of the things we look for when we're starting to treat people uh, for obesity and we want to make sure we're not missing other things? Um, sleep apnea is a huge one. Uh, patients who are um, obese or morbidly obese, um, when we have them come in, there's something called an Epworth. It's a sleep study screen, but like snoring, daytime sleepiness, um, sleep apnea will cause arrhythmias. And so like making sure I'll do EKGs on patients and making sure their blood pressure is under control. And um, with sleep apnea, if you are, if you have sleep apnea, you make cortisol that makes you have the stress hormone and you're less likely to burn calories during the day. So sleep apnea can prevent you from losing, losing weight, it. even when you're making good lifestyle change. Yeah. Um, and the Epworth that you mentioned, it's E-P-W-O-R-T-H. You can Google that and, and do your own. Yeah. And if you score higher than a five, you will likely, you yeah, you will likely get a sleep study so that you can figure out is this sort of a silent disease that you may not know you yeah. have. Um, and mm-hmm. hypertension and diabetes, we want to do some blood work on people and make sure we're not insulin resistant. If you're insulin resistant, it becomes harder for you to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And so I know you've had success and, um, and we have Becky who we interviewed for our podcast, who told her story about using metformin for her insulin resistance and how that turned everything around for her. Metformin is a medicine that's approved for diabetes. And when you have insulin resistance, you can struggle to lose weight. And then we address that. And the weight starts to fall off. And she's no longer on metformin. You know, you lose the weight and that, that kind of helps. with Yeah, because some losing resistance. some of that, the insulin resistance improves. Mm-hmm. And so in those scenarios, in many scenarios, people don't have to be on a medication for the rest of their life. Yeah. But there are going to be some scenarios where it is a lifelong challenge. It's a chronic disease. And so some people will come off of medications. And then if they gain 10 pounds back then we might put them back on to help them get back down to their goal weight. Um, And some people will find that they need to stay on certain medications because of their unique situation. Another um, disease I see a lot of women that are 45, 50 and hormones can make you gain, you know, abnormal weight gain during menopause or perimenopause. And so that's something that I'll, if they're in the age range that that's appropriate, like checking hormone levels to make sure that that's not why. Sometimes treating the menopause really helps get the weight back under control. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about a number of the different pharmaceuticals that have come out over the years. We're really, there's a lot of pharmaceuticals for weight loss that have come and left the market. Mm-hmm. We're really going to focus today on the ones that are still on the market and available um, and give you some information about each of these and, and where we see and in, in our experience in, in weight loss as being some of the pluses and minuses of each of these medicines. Yeah. Um, I'll go with the first one, uh, Adipex or Fentermine. Um, I was looking, it was a, it's been around since 1959, so it's been around a really long time. Yeah, and in its history, some of you may remember Fenfen, and Fenfen really helped people lose weight, and that was Fentermine in combination with Fenfluramine. So it's two separate medications put together to make Fenfen. Worked well for weight loss, only approved for weight loss. Um, and fenfluramine was found to cause heart valve issues. And so some people, unfortunately, who took this medication ended up with heart issues. FDA looked at it again, pulled fenfluramine off the market, let, and put fentramine back onto the market, and it's been around on the market since. Yeah. It is a very, very common one. Um, if someone, you know, we have to look at the risk factors. So um, because of how it works, it can raise blood pressure and heart rate. So some of my hypertensive patients, this is not um, a good option for them. But um, it's a once-day medication. 
um, it kind of works in the brain to, I, I say it kind of makes you not feel hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it works on your, on your nervous system and, and creates a norepinephrine release. And in doing that, it's, it's like we've stimulated your fight or flight. We've stimulated your get up and go. And so in doing that, um, when you're exercising, your body doesn't go time for a sandwich. It's when you're relaxing that it does that. And so it decreases your hunger, um, and it increases your energy, but because it increases norepinephrine, it's a stimulant. So Mm -hmm. it's actually a controlled substance. Um, We've prescribed it for many years. And I'll say it's not my favorite of all the weight loss drugs because it's a controlled substance, because it's a stimulant. I don't really want to stimulate people's cardiovascular system if I have a better option. But it has been around since 1959, and it's inexpensive because of that. It comes as the generic fentermine, and so most people can get it at the pharmacy for about $30. The problem with weight loss prescriptions across the board is most insurance plans do not cover weight loss. You have to have a specific weight loss rider as part of your insurance plan. And if you don't know if you have that, like look that up. I tell patients all the time. Like you can I ask your know. HR people, or but yeah. it is it is part of the plan that you're signed up for. Not typically something someone can choose. So most people don't know if they have that or not. And we would certainly not know. You could have Blue Cross and and one has a weight loss rider and one doesn't. doesn't. Um, And so if you have a weight loss rider, then you can get bariatric surgeries and you can get weight loss prescriptions and these things covered. But if you don't, then it's out of pocket. And so this is typically, fentramine is typically $30 at the pharmacy. And so I will say that I end up leaning this way for people for financial reasons because they can't afford some of the newer medicines that I feel like may be a better choice. But sometimes we, many times, we have to prescribe what you can get. Yeah. And sometimes I'll use fentramine. Um, with other prescriptions depending upon the patient. So sometimes I might not have patients take a full tablet of something, but maybe a half tablet when we're using another medication as well. So sometimes I don't use it always as first-lined, but I may use it like with and an adjunct, if that makes and sense. And fentramine, at about three months, people will lose about 3% of their starting body weight. And about six months, they'll have lost about 6% of their starting body weight. What I would say we found in many years of experience with this prescription is the first couple months, people are like, this is great. I'm losing weight. I'm less good. hungry. Yeah. I feel good. My energy's good. I always tell people, I can make you less hungry if you eat anyway. Um, I can give you more energy if you sit on the couch uh, with your more energy it's not going to have good effects. So you really have to utilize it to make lifestyle change. But with um, fentramine, we tend to see that after a few months, people become a little bit resistant to it. They'll say, it doesn't work like it used to. And you'll lose weight when you first start it, but it it doesn't tend to continue to work And if you continue to eat the same way, you will not lose weight. Like I have patients that I have said, oh yeah, let's try fentramine. And then they've not lost a single pound. And I'm like, how in the world? You haven't done anything else that I've asked you to do. Because not only when we are talking with weight loss patients, but we talk about their diet and exercise. So if if they're not doing anything else, like the medication does not work alone. Like you have to put effort into that. Absolutely. And and when you say that, it brings up, and I just want to make sure that I don't forget to revisit this. This is sometimes when people aren't losing weight and we say, well, we didn't need this prescription and most people lose weight on it. It, it allows us to kind of get on the road of mental health issues that people may not be losing yeah. weight for too. If people are stress eating or if they have depression or anxiety, 
um, and and that's changing their appetite and making them eat more, then we need to address that. And these prescription yeah. weight loss medicines are not going to be able to distract from that. It, they we really need to address the underlying problem there. And and sometimes we'll find ourselves with certain uh, antidepressants, and one of which is Wellbutrin. The generic is bupropion, um, and bupropion was a um, approved as a quitting smoking at one point called Zyban. Um, and then Zyban lost its brand, and so now it's bupropion, but same same medication, and it helped people quit smoking because it goes to the craving center of your brain and helps you to, to eat and crave a little bit less. So it's not uncommon that Amber and I will start people who are stress eaters or have anxiety or depression that contributes to their weight issues on bupropion, and yeah. we have some pretty good success yeah. with that. And of course, if I always say, like, if you're not craving, like if that's the thing we're trying to work on and trying to kind of do cognitive behavioral therapy to say, hey food is fuel let's use it as fuel and you're on medications that help you um, you know kind of encourage that thought process is that like if you eat an orange or you eat a cupcake like choose the orange because the crave is not there you right. know so that that kind of is how it works it, right you can make if, a good decision and if you're emotionally eating or stress eating then we want to work with you so that you can come up with healthier alternatives to do in place of stress eating or smoking or whatever other unhealthy alternative yeah. you may have um, and so I, it definitely, and we'll come back to Wellbutrin a little bit because it's one of these other weight loss medicines. Um, so we talked about fentramine, and that's kind of the oldest, but still around, and a lot of people take it. Um, and and there's you know some talk about whether it's the greatest thing because it's a controlled substance. And certainly, if you have trouble with a fast heart rate or high blood pressure, it's, it's not, not the right me. prescription yeah. for you. And and we make people come in regularly when they're on fentramine so that we can regulate those things yeah. and and make sure that we're watching them. Um, another medicine that came out in 1999 was uh, Orlistat, and Orlistat was Can't out believe, as... Do people still use this? I see it in the grocery store because it's <laughs> gone over the counter now. I'm like, oh, and the so diarrhea. And so Ally or um, what is it also called? Zinical. And so Orlistat prevents you, the way that it works is it prevents you from absorbing fat. And when fat stays in your digestive tract, <laughs> it wants to move on through and sometimes move on through rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, one of the common side effects of Orlistat is diarrhea. Explosive diarrhea. Explosive diarrhea. Or what they, I think, had in the commercial anal leakage. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think if that's one of the side effects, very few people are going to say, sign me up. I honestly think I've prescribed this maybe twice, and it was a long time ago yeah. when we didn't have a lot of other options, and I was really trying to help people with the resources that were available. No one really wanted to stay on it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was in the chips. Like, there, yes. were, there were potato chips that had <laughs> some of this, this stuff in it that gave people anal leakage. So, you know, things that cause people to keep the stuff they're eating in their gut – um, I think I would rather coach you to not eat that stuff or to eat less of it. And yeah. so I don't think, um, I don't lean heavy and, and I'm not judging people who prescribe this because the, again, it's about the patient who's in front of you and this may be appropriate for some people. Um, but I don't lean heavy on giving people a prescription that kind of allows them to eat all the bad stuff. And it's like, oh, go ahead and eat a bunch of fatty food. You'll just be on the toilet all night and you won't gain any weight. I don't know that that's a great yeah. option. I'd yeah. rather teach you to, um, have more discipline with the fatty food and just like you can have some but don't overdo it and then and Orlistat only helps when you're eating that fatty food to keep you from absorbing it yeah. so neither of us really big Orlistat fans because I think we fall under the if I wouldn't prescribe it to myself I yes. probably won't prescribe it to you yeah. and I wouldn't prescribe this no, to no, myself no. Yeah, I would not I would not take this yeah, yeah. 
Um, so next medicine, Qsimia, um, which is a combination of phenamine, which we've already talked about. It's just a much lower dose, um, and Topamax or Topiramate. And some people may be familiar with Topiramate because it is an anti-seizure or migraine medication. Yeah. Um, I have personally taken Topiramate in the past due to migraines. Um, and it, when I saw this has been out for a while, I don't remember the exact uh, year. Let's see. I don't know if I, if I made it, note of that, been, but it's been it's around been, for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's been within the last 10 years though. I feel like, um, but an average weight loss on this is about 7% of body yeah. weight. So it's a little bit superior to the fentramine. But what they took fentramine and they really, like you said, took the dose down so that it wasn't so much of a stimulant, wouldn't up the blood pressure so much. And we've known that Topamax has a side effect you know of why? weight because loss. T- when I took Topamax for my migraines, I could not eat meat on it. Like everything tasted like metal. Oh. And I've had some of my other migraine patients that are like, like when they drink um, caffeine, I, I don't typically drink sodas. And so they would say, I can't drink sodas anymore. And I'm like, it changes your taste. Oh, it's and like so an I'm aversion like, therapy. Yes. Okay. So I feel like that's how, I was like, well, those two together, definitely you're not yeah. eating. And right. I have some patients that do really well on Qsemi. And some people tolerate Topamax. Yeah, totally fine. different. We have yeah. a lot of experience with Topamax because we have patients on it for multiple other things. It's been on the market for other things for yeah. a long time. Um, but uh, some people get really dizzy, lightheaded yeah. from Topamax. Uh, some people will feel sedated. Um, and so topiramate of itself has some side effects that some people tolerate fine and some people don't. Yeah. Um, however, you know, Qsimia is not a bad prescription no. weight loss And I've given, given it to patients and it has worked well. Yes. And, I, you know, I think uh, in general, 7% of body weight is pretty fair in this weight loss arena. Mm-hmm. Um, tr- historically, if we had above 6%, that was, that was pretty successful. Um, and so Qsimia is a medicine that's been around for a little bit and it works. Um, mm-hmm. Another medicine that came out in 2014 sort of had a different approach and that's Contrave. Contrave is now Trexone and Bupropion. When someone first, when when a rep first came in and told us about this, I was like, "This is interesting." Mm-hmm. Now, Trexone is a mu receptor uh, binder agonist, and the mu receptor is the opioid receptor. We give now Trexone to people who are alcoholic or opioid addicts at much higher doses, and it helps give them an aversion to alcohol and opioids. Um, but at this tiny dose, and mixed together with Bupropion, which we mentioned is Wellbutrin. Uh, the brand name is Wellbutrin, and and both of these go to your craving center of your brain. And this medicine helps you feel full faster, helps with cravings. I will say I've leaned on Contrave for people who have more emotional eating. Yeah, same. Um, and I and so it's it's been something where if I thought Wellbutrin might be really good for you, and this might be just sort of a Wellbutrin plus. Um, I think we see some some good weight loss with Contrave, and it's about eight percent. Eight percent. I yeah. was just so that's even you know a little bit in the same area as Qsimia, maybe a little bit better, and still a little bit higher in the long term weight loss than Fentramine. Yeah, and we didn't mention this uh, previously, but a lot of these drugs are category X drugs, so that's something else that we're looking at in patients if you are reproductive. Um, is so that, category X means you cannot get pregnant, pregnant on this. It can be harmful to a fetus. Yeah. And fentramine and Qsimia um, and Contrave. Um, Contrave can all be category X. And we want to be careful about that. Yeah. And if you are taking any of these prescriptions, you're going to make sure you're using birth control and being safe to not get pregnant while you're taking them. Yes. 
Um, and so then that moves us to the really hot topic drugs. The new ones. Um, and, and we're going to do an entire podcast to talk about these in more detail. But the newer medicines that, to be perfectly honest, most people who have been helping patients fight the battle of weight loss are excited yes. about these prescriptions. And so as semaglutide and liraglutide are the generics, This is these are injectables and they come as a once, um, once weekly as semaglutide and a daily injection for liraglutide. And they are sold, semaglutide as a weight loss medicine is sold as Wagovi, and liraglutide as a weight loss medicine is sold as Saxenda. Um, the weight loss with these is 15 to 16%, and some studies will say 15 to 20%. So you can see where this is remarkably more weight loss. Yeah. These first came out as diabetic medicines, um, and they work by helping us. They're called GLP-1 agonist, and so they release this GLP-1 hormone, which is a hormone that is made in our body. This is very similar to what is made in our body, so it's very natural. Um, and our, your body knows what to do with this, and it goes to your brain, and it makes you less hungry and allows you to feel full. Um, one reason why this works really well is with people who are obese and morbidly obese, they feel hungry a lot. Your body kind of registers and starts producing leptin and ghrelin based on um, your weight. And when you start to lose weight, you produce more ghrelin to make you hungry, hungry. because your body thinks weight loss is a bad thing. Yeah. And so uh, when you are losing weight, you get more hungry. Losing more weight, getting more hungry. This helps prevent that. And so people can really make good decisions. I and say it, it takes the food chatter away. Like yeah, that's a great way to put it. Like you don't have the food chatter. Like you can make the healthy decision because if a hamburger or a salad is in front of you, very similar, like I mentioned, like orange and cupcake, well, you can know that you're, hey, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to be more healthy. I'm going to choose a salad over the hamburger. Yeah. And it just kind of helps that. And these medicines have made us very excited because of the amount of weight loss people are getting. Mm -hmm. So when we prescribe semaglutide for diabetes, uh, which is Ozempic as, or Ribelsis for diabetes, we're seeing our diabetics, our type 2 diabetics who struggle with obesity, we're seeing them lose so much weight. Well, and their sugars are coming down. Like and it's their incredible. sugars are dropping incredibly. And as they lose weight, that's helping their sugars mm -hmm. too. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not a fan of these medicines. Yeah. I think this is science at good work yes. and people are benefiting from it. Yeah. Um, there are scenarios where semaglutide is not right for everyone. Um, even though it's approved as a diabetes medicine, it will not lower your sugar if you have normal sugar. Yeah. Um, and so you, it is fine to take if you're not diabetic. Um, but there are scenarios where people can get pancreatitis. So if you've had a history of that or you have issues there, it can cause inflammation in the pancreas. Um, there are some black box warnings about thyroid cancers with semaglutide. However, it's only ever been found in rats. And so we're kind of wishing maybe that black box didn't exist, but it's there. So if someone has a, his a history mm -hmm. of certain types of thyroid cancer, we want to be careful of this. Um, but the weight loss is really remarkable. Yeah. And then the newest to the market is a drug called Monjaro, and that's um, Tiras. Uh, help me say it. Make sure I'm saying it right. We never oh, say the generic. We never say the them problem. right. Um, uh, Tirzipatide. Yeah, tirzipatide. I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't do that wrong. Monjaro as the brand, um, and this came out just uh, in the last couple of years, and uh, it year. is a well, GLP the last year in the last, last year. year. Yeah, um, it is a GLP one like semaglutide combined with a GIP, and so so it does what GLPs do. It has a little extra mechanism that helps with feeling full and satisfied. 
And the weight loss on this is 20 to 25% of people starting body weight, which is just incredible. But it's not approved for weight loss yet. It is not. Thank you so much for pointing that out. So for diabetes. So they're working on a weight Weight loss loss approval on this. Yes. And Monjaro is approved for diabetes. Yes. And so we are seeing that some people are doing some off-label use um, with this, which means the FDA has not said that this is a reason to give it. But some physicians will say it works for that and we feel like it's safe. Um, but Monjaro is kind of coming around the corner as a the weight loss one. medicine. And we can expect, I think, that the FDA will approve it for yeah. weight loss in this um, year, probably. Yeah, probably this year. Um, so I and I think that one thing to really note on this bariatric surgery is about a 30 to 40 percent weight loss. And so um, when we say 20 to 25 percent without having to have surgery, it's really remarkable. Yeah. So, you know, I think the take home message is that. Um, we can't simplify this to say it is right or wrong. You know, that, that's the thing about our jobs and why we haven't been replaced by computers and all AI is because we have to meet the person in front of us and we have to decide what's best for them. And we have to do a risk-benefit analysis. And if the risk of not losing weight is higher than the risk of taking the medication. Which in most cases it is. Yes, um, because there are horrible things that can happen to your health with morbid obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the risk of of taking the medication is that something really good will happen and the risk of side effect is low, um, then we're going to lean toward giving you what you need to help you succeed in your best health and your best life. Um, And so we are not opposed. We, We are fans of using the tools that are available to us to help people get to their best health. Um, but in any of these scenarios, our advice would be to make sure that you are in a medically guided program, to make sure that there is a physician that you trust, that you're not buying these kind of drugs online, shipped from goodness knows where, <laughs> and you're not being monitored while yeah. you're on them, and you're not receiving this information. And then the bottom line really is, these are parts of the program. It is yeah. not in, in exchange for weight loss, It is uh, for uh, diet and exercise. It's not in exchange for the good decisions that we all yeah. need I to never hand a weight loss prescription and I'm like hey good luck it's always like let's what else are we doing you know it's it's definitely more of a coaching and guiding um because if it was easy everyone would have already lost weight absolutely and if we had the magic pill yeah everyone would be thin and and uh we'd be super popular um so uh good luck if you are on a weight loss journey and we encourage you to find a um physician that can assist you in that weight loss journey in whatever way suits you best If you are local to Walton County and you are interested in learning more about our comprehensive medical weight loss program, please visit our website at ourfamilyhealthcenter.com or call our office at 770-464-0280. We like to leave you on a good note. So here's today's Tell Me Something Good. It's actually my something good. I recently got bees. Yes, live bees in my backyard, and I'm so very excited about it. It's been really wonderful to nurture and care for something, and I'm looking forward to honey. So if you see good hope honey around, it'll be ours. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, take care of yourself.